Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to Affected by Altitude, a Purple Row podcast for and by Rockies fans. Thank you for joining us as we discuss all things baseball and Colorado Rockies. Hello and welcome to Affected by Altitude, a podcast by SB Nation on Purple Row, the Rockies affiliate of SB Nation. I am your host, Skylar Timmons. I am here with my good buddy, Mac Wilcox. Yo, man. Emergency edition. It's true. We got an emergency podcast going on as the Colorado Rockies have made a big splash in free agency signing Chris Bryant to a seven-year deal worth $182 million, which that's a hefty sum for a 30-year-old that we still don't even know where he's playing in the outfield or in the infield. Yeah, this is so awesome. I think it's really interesting because, uh, by the way, for those looking, uh, feel free to hop on to purplerow.com, get the details written up by our very own Skylar Timmons, who threw this article up moments after the deal was announced. Uh, it is interesting, right? Because you're right. Uh, Bryant has 30... Um, you know, he's 30 years old, so he's not exactly a young prospect. He's been around for a while. He's got his World Series ring. But I'm going to just borrow some of the stats that you dropped on here on this article. Uh, you've got a career line of 278, 376, 504. He's got 134 weighted runs created plus and a career R-war of 28.7. Okay, these are all numbers that I think the Rockies could really, really use right now. Bryant brings that playoff experience. He's been with the Cubs and the Giants, who also went into the playoffs in last season. You know, he is a guy that is very versatile. I know we've been talking a little bit uh, off uh, this podcast, of course, about where he's going to slot in. Maybe that third base conversation, maybe the outfield conversation. I think there's going to be a lot of information, a lot of different takes based on the contract itself. And maybe seven years is a bit too long. But I also think that this is a really interesting sort of statement made by the Rockies which is to say they're not going to roll over and they're not necessarily just going to let the Dodgers and the Giants and the Padres battle it out for that NL West crown. Are the Rockies as 
properly put together and as strong as those other teams are? No, no, of course they're not. I don't think I would make that would it would make that argument. But at the same time, I really am happy to see a signing like this. I think it's a big deal. And I was saying earlier, I, I don't know, man. Skyler, I want your take on this. I feel like this is maybe the biggest signing that the Rockies have made in free agency since Mike Hampton. What do you think about this? No, I, I definitely agree that this is probably the player with the highest like resume, like decorated resume in a long time because we're getting a guy that won the rookie of the year. Yeah. Won the national. He is. He was the MVP. He was a former MVP, um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest things that's going into this. You're bringing a guy who's a World Series champion, has run won Rookie of the Year. He's an MVP. He's a four-time All Star. Right. Uh, it's a solid acquisition. If you just look at his resume, of like, oh yeah, this guy is gonna, you know, really contribute in Colorado and everything. He is a proven winner. He's played on some good teams. He's played on some bad teams. No, he's played with the Cubs. <laughs> that's, that's the biggest thing is <laughs> uh, he, he played on this team that went to the World Series, was a playoff contender for most of his career there. No, And then he was with the Giants, got traded to the Giants last season, halfway through at the deadline, went to the playoffs with them. You know, So here's a guy that is a proven winner. Uh, he, he knows what he's doing. He's been around. No, he's a bona fide superstar, and he's taken some step back, some steps back over the years. But I think this overall, if you just look at his resume in the paper, this is you know, a high profile, good move for the Rockies in helping the product on the field. And the other thing too is that I think there is a lot to be said, especially following some of these high level players leaving Colorado. Right, the Arenados, the stories, the Grays. We don't have to get into all that. But we've talked about it, in fact, on the podcast. You and I and our compatriot Evan have talked a lot about, like, is Colorado a spot that a lot of big-name free agents want to sign in now following these sort of controversial departures of these players? And I think, you know, I think, speaking just for myself here, that's a really good argument to be made now, you know, following these guys leaving. Like, maybe it's just not that desirable spot like is Colorado just the feeder system for these other big league teams and so you know maybe I'm making too big a deal out of it but I really do think that something like this something like a player with the resume of Chris Bryant signing not a one or two year deal right we've seen some one or two year deals come through the pipeline this is a seven year deal with a full no trade clause right this is a very very hefty contract to be signed and so I don't know. Maybe it's just a one-off, like, really interesting deal. But I want to believe, maybe it's my own naivete, but I want to believe that this is just a precursor to Colorado no longer just being this, like, weird sort of spot where the great players leave and the older players come to kind of finish up their careers. This can actually be a destination that a lot of players want to come and, and succeed in and and i know we got some plans coming up for a, a kind of a bigger you know uh larger look at some of the um upcoming you know spring training games in the season in general with some of the other guys so i don't want to go too too much into it right here but just you know between the deals that we've heard signed allegedly uh we definitely have jose iglesias and chris bryant now but we're not so sure about the specifics of like an alex Colome deal but like these are names that carry some weight to them alex Colome was a very, very, very effective reliever in a playoff White Sox team. Jose Iglesias has been around and, you know, has done some stuff as part of a couple different teams. And obviously now Brian just 
the biggest name out of all of them. Like maybe this is a spot that free agents want to come and succeed at. What do you think? No, I definitely agree with that. Where, you know, thinking of position players, I think probably the you know, biggest contract or biggest player they've signed ended up being Larry Walker positionally. And so it's probably been a long while since they've you know, acquired a a player of any caliber this big. But I think even Chris Bryant is bigger than Larry Walker because in in terms of where he is at now yeah. signing as a free agent. Whereas, you know, Larry Walker had his years in Montreal, was good there, but he wasn't the Larry Walker that we knew just quite yet. And here comes Bryant, a big name, big name free agent, has the accolades, and coming to Colorado, that's it's an interesting thing because you think of his other landing spots, the Seattle Mariners were, that was a spot everybody was thinking like, yeah, mm. Bryant, that's a good fit for Bryant is to go to the Seattle Mariners. What do the Mariners do? They go out and get Jess Winker and Eugenio Suarez from the Reds you know, and, and fill up those spots. So it, I think this, depending on how it turns out, it could really you know, change things for the Rockies in the future, specifically for position players. Because I think they've learned their lesson not to spend big on pitchers, which I'm fine with that. Mike Hampton burned us bad. Sure. <laughs> I don't think we're ever doing that again. Sure. But if they can get in this nice mix of we can develop homegrown pitching and have some good, you know, good bats that we grow, but we need to go out and get bats to complement what we're building. Yeah, and, and so the next question, of course ends up being you talk about complementing what we're building so uh certainly for bryant and then you know depending on when we get the specifics of the alex colomay deal we're going to need to see a couple of roster changes to accommodate these new players right on the 40-man roster so um assuming both of those deals go through in the way we are expecting them to uh, we're going to have to clear two spots on the 40-man roster. So, Skyler, in your opinion, again, I know we've talked a little bit off the podcast about who that might be, but in your mind, you know, these two spots have to, um, you know, allow for these new players to come in. Who do you believe might be the likeliest players on the chopping block for the Rockies at this point? So, for me, I think it might come down to kind of two guys. Uh, one, Rymel Tapia, and the other is Jonathan Daza. Because to me, these are two guys that are out of options, so you don't mm. really have the chance to send them to the minors. And Rymel Tapia specifically, he's coming up on his arbitration years. You know, we still don't know what he's supposed to make this year uh, if they hold on to him in arbitration. So he's got some paydays coming up, some boosts, and he just kind of feels like the odd man out now because the Rockies have a lot of outfielders. Mm. Uh, it might be a little cheaper, so they might you know, try to flip uh Tapia somewhere else to get yourself another reliever, get yourself another arm. Uh, so I my gut instinct says you know that Rymel Tapia might be the odd man out who might be getting the boot you know, either just released or sent somewhere else. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I, I do think Rymel Tapia has been in the Rockies organization a long time. I think at this point we've kind of seen what we're gonna get out of him. And while I certainly don't think that like you know, he can't improve and become a, you know, strong part of another team in the future. 
I do agree with you at this point that it's probably time for the Rockies to start looking outward um, from him. And obviously they have, you know, by, by the signings of Bryant and, and the others. But yeah, I, I do think it's probably about time for the Rockies to go ahead and uh, and let Raimel Tapia find another spot uh, with, another, with another team, which is not a bad thing, right? It's just, it's just, I mean, this sounds so cliche, but it really is just kind of business, right? Where, you know, the... The best of Raimel Tapia, I think at this point, is going to be found in another team because he is a guy that just really needs to get consistent at-bats, consistent starting opportunities. And I'm just not sure that, you know, with everything going on with the Rockies and the moves they're making, he's going to find that here. So obviously, you know, a bit bittersweet. Uh, we, we obviously have a, a pretty good opinion of Raimel Tapia here. Um, but I do think that you're probably right that that is most likely the move to be made. And Jonathan Daza, I think, is sort of the same idea. Um, a guy that I think had some bright spots last year. Um, I, I really think that he is somebody that can potentially be a strong fourth outfielder for a team. But uh, same idea. Yeah, I think you're exactly spot on that maybe, you know, let those two guys go and, and kind of stretch their wings somewhere else uh, with another organization to make room for the players that are coming in right now. I think you're, I think you're pretty much spot on for that one. Yeah. And, you know, think of both of those guys, you know, Tapia and Daza, they're not really starting outfielders on really any other team that's competing. You know, they, they fit that fourth outfielder mold, that guy that's, you know, getting a start every other, every couple of days to give somebody else rest. So I feel like they can find, you know, greener pastures somewhere else. And the Rockies really need to boost that offense in the lineup. And I think that's been the focus we hear this whole offseason is that the Rockies wanted a big power bat. They've gotten a good bat here in uh, Chris Bryant, which is something you know, we heard him connected to Schwarber, you know, Conforto, Castellanos. Mm-hmm. No, they want a power bat. And you know, I think Chris Bryant kind of fits the mold of what they want in a player. And... I think he pl- he'll play well at Coors Field. He's got a nice, solid bat overall. He's got nice power yes. numbers. He's a well-rounded player, and I think that'll fit the Rockies' mold as they try to re- replace Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado and company. No, I, I think that's a really good point, is that it's important to remember what the Rockies are sort of trying to um, backfill, for lack of a better term to use some retail terminology, sort of backfilling those spots. And you're right. I think the Rockies have a lot of pieces right now and, and Bryant and, and it is kind of nice for once, but as a quick aside, it's kind of nice uh, change of pace for the Rockies to be so involved with a lot of these free agent names like the Schwabers and like the Bryants, like the Confortos, like, you know, maybe it's just um, recency bias, but it is, uh, it's kind of refreshing to hear the Rockies involved with so many uh, different free agents that we, I think, can both consider top flight. So um, that is kind of cool. But no, I think you're exactly right. Um, just what this sort of new look Rockies team is trying to build off of, I think you're exactly spot on with your with your analysis of that. Yeah, so Mac, this begs the question of where does Chris Bryant play for the Colorado Rockies? Though. He can play pretty much anywhere, both corner infields. He can play the outfield. Heck, I'm sure he could play the middle infield if he really needed him to. So where do you think he plays, Mac? It's a good question, and that's kind of part of it, right, is his versatility. We've seen him play outfield in a lot of different settings. We've obviously seen him play a lot of third base. Um, For me, 
I'm going to go ahead and say that personally, I would like to see Chris Bryant in right field. Uh, I think that Sam Hilliard has a good opportunity, the starting left, uh, starting center fielder this year. I think we've seen a lot of great uh, stuff out of Connor Joe. We've talked a lot about that and, and what he might potentially be able to provide at the big league level. And then obviously this year, we've got the universal DH officially going forward. And I think that that makes sense for Charlie Blackman to kind of hold that spot down. So I'm going to go ahead and say right field. I think there's a good, um, I think there's a good argument to be made for maybe some uh, third base um, action for him. But I think between Ryan McMahon and Colton Welker and sort of the glut of guys that they've got for infield help, especially like with you guys getting to your utility men, like your Garrett Hampsons and whatnot, I think it makes a bit more sense just for me to see Bryant roam in that right field spot at Coors Field. How about you? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, Charlie Blackman's legs aren't what they used to be. And so I think Bryant taking over right field, it's not as much mm. wear and tear. So he won't have to cover as much outfield. You know, so that kind of preserves his legs for several years. But with the inclusion of the designated hitter, he can get some more reps in other places. And so that kind of plays in that Rockies mindset of using the DH as kind of a spot to rest guys. So CJ Crone. Gets a day off at first to DH. Chris Bryant slots in there. You know, Ryan McMahon, he's the DH. Chris Bryant's over at third. You know, and then primary playing in the outfield somewhere. So I, I agree with you. I'm right there with you. you know, at least one of those corner outfield spots I think is best for him. So if we take everything we've talked about here, you know, this is going to be a super, super long podcast just because we are talking about this. We've got another big one planned here coming up soon. But let's just say if we take – the Chris Bryant trade as a whole, right? And everything that that encompasses and, and all the potential moves and everything, one being you hate it, 10 being you are ecstatic about it. How do you feel about the Chris Bryant trade on a scale of one to 10? I think for me, it's a solid seven oh, on that trade. No, it, it, it doesn't make sense for what the Rockies, how they've played. Absolutely not. Oh, but that's kind of what we like about the Rockies is they, <laughs> you can't, you can't put them in a box. You can't predict what they're going to do. No, they alienate two of their franchise stars and go out and get a new star for their franchise. So I think seven, no, I, I'm optimistic about it. It's nice when you bring in a good player, especially for a team that's been terrible the last couple of years and so much bad press. They can go out, bring in a guy. No, that, that can get fans excited. If nothing else, you're going to make those Cubs fans in Colorado very happy and fill out those seats. Yeah, I think a seven is a really fair pick. I might uh, go ahead and say an eight just for me personally. Um, but I'm with you. I think that you and a good point you make is that you're right. Like it doesn't necessarily make sense for a Rockies team to go get an impact bat when they frankly need a lot of help. Right. But at the same time, and I know that this can be interpreted a lot of different ways, and I, and I totally open myself up to that. But if nothing else, I appreciate that the management team and all the management team, right? Like, I know there's a lot of people involved in that, but I think if nothing else, I can appreciate that the management team is making a statement that says, no, like, we really, truly do not believe that we are, you know, rebuilding. Like, it's one thing we've seen in the last few years to just say, nope, we're just going to stick with the same guys and hope that they can play better. At the very least, the Rockies are finally willing to say, okay, we need some help, right? Like the team that we entered last season with is probably not going to be a playoff team this year. And in a season where we're going to see expanded playoffs, right? More teams than ever. 
I think a guy like Chris Bryant could make an impact. Am I saying the Rockets can make the playoffs this year? No. Am I saying that Chris Bryant significantly improves their chances of making the playoffs this year? I think he does. For me, it's an eight. I'm excited. I think this is very cool and a very, uh, frankly, important um, sort of time in Rockies history. And I'm very, very, very excited to see where this goes. You'll get the white plethora, but I, I'm in that same boat. And I think a lot of us, you know, a lot of Rockies fans are kind of cautiously optimistic in that same boat. Uh, but one thing that I want to touch on real quick that I just thought about, you know, Chris Bryant is a right-handed batter. And if you look at that Rockies lineup right now, a lot of guys that are slotted in for positions now, starting, it's a very right-handed heavy lineup with presumably your left-handed batter, Charlie Blackman, and then kind of a few guys in Sam Hilliard and Rymel Tapia, really the only other left-handers that are kind of projected to be in that lineup. Is that something that you kind of worry about, of being too heavy right-handed, or do you think it's okay to kind of be skewed one way? How funny is it that now we're talking about, do the Rockies have too many righties? When's the last time we had that problem, right? Um, no, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, I think that it's definitely a good call out and it's something to be aware of, but no, I, I don't think it's going to be that big a deal personally. Uh, I think the Rockies have, you know, done a good job of kind of restructuring their lineup. And while it's true that I think there are probably more right-handers and I, or I guess I should say not too many right-handers, but more that they'd probably prefer to have a few more lefties in that lineup. I do think that it's something that they are going to be able to work around, especially when you look at the quality of the hitters themselves, too. Not to put too much on it, but I just really think that, again, Chris Bryant is a quality at bat. I think that Jose Iglesias is a solid hitting shortstop, um, you know, in his, especially if he hits lower in the lineup. I think Charlie Blackman hitting out of maybe the six or seven holes really going to help lengthen that lineup. So, no, for me personally, I'm not too worried about that aspect of it. Um, yeah. No, I'm cool with it for now. Yeah, and that'll definitely be something to keep an eye on, you know, one of the stories in the season. You know, I'm just one of those you know, guys that I really like that lineup balance. It just looks nice when it's like right, left, right, left, right, left. You know, but no, I, I think overall this move will also, wherever Bryant hits in the lineup, that's going to go a long way in helping out guys like C.J. Crone and especially Charlie Blackman whose walks increased last season, but because he had really nothing behind him. You know, Trevor's story was struggling. Uh, he was, it was really C.J. Crone was the only one that was really the big bopper in that lineup. And so this could re- this move and any others pending could really help Charlie Blackman in giving him more balls to be able to swing at in the zone instead of having to go up there you know, and really get nothing to hit. So... That's going to be interesting seeing the ripple effect of what Bryant does in that lineup to help improve the other guys at the plate. And that's a good call out, right? Because I think if one thing, you know, and this might just be my own personal hot take, but you mentioned how Trevor Story kind of didn't really find his rhythm last season. Well, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about, you know, what happens when Nolan Arenado, who has been the linchpin of your lineup for years, is you know taken away what does that do that exposes a lot of other hitters and obviously i'm not saying that like trevor story is anything other than an elite hitter because he is but i am saying that like i think we kind of found out what happens when that lineup doesn't have the kind of protection that they're used to 
And it kind of forces guys, like you said, into these sort of weird positions um, of having to kind of step up and, you know, just not have the same sort of lengthy lineup they're used to. And it did end up hurting some guys. You know, you've mentioned Charlie Blackman and the Trevor story, among others. So you're absolutely right. When you have a guy like Chris Bryant hitting, you know, I think it's safe to assume he's probably going to hit maybe third, right? Maybe, maybe fourth in the lineup. You know, all of a sudden you've got maybe Garrett Hampson leading off. You've got maybe, you know, Brendan Rogers hitting second, followed by CJ Crone, followed by Chris Bryant. All of a sudden that lineup's like, whoa, like, look at these hitters all in a row. We've got some good contact guys. We've got some speed. Then we've got some heavy hitters right after that. Like, that's kind of the prototypical lineup that you would create on, you know, the show or something like that. But, um, you know, that really is going to make a difference for the Rockies as they get the ability to do that now. I think back to that 2018 lineup or so, 2017, 2018, where you look at those top four, you know, it's like Charlie mm-hmm. Blackman leading off, DJ LeMahieu hitting second, Nolan Arnato third, Story fourth. You know, and I think that's something the Rockies missed last yep. year and something they can kind of start working back towards. And you can kind of see that wheels in motion now with Chris Bryant where that top four, uh, hypothetically, you know, things are starting to look pretty good even through the five hole and into the six hole with Ryan McMahon. Or, you know, so that lengthening the lineup especially now with the DH, is going to be so important for the Rockies. And I think this is a step in that right direction. Absolutely. I think that's a great, great point. Um, You know, step in the right direction, right? It's not like they're going to, you know, be World Series favorites this year. But we do see the progression of the guys we mentioned, the Brendan Rodgers. And, and hey, CJ Cronin's been solid, right? We, we really like what we got out of him, right? So, yeah, just adding the impact bat to Bryant – that helps the whole lineup extend. Um, and his fielding's not terrible either. You know what I mean? Like, it, it makes the defense feel a bit better. As we've mentioned in the past, Charlie Blackman's defense on right field is kind of iffy the last couple seasons. So to get a guy that might be a bit more comfortable, maybe has a bit more speed out there, is going to help them too. So that versatility on all ends of the ball, I think, is really going to pay dividends quickly for them. So one last thing here that begs, again, needs addressed. Ken Rosenthal tweeted this out kind of asking like how long until you know Chris Bryant becomes disillusioned with the Rockies you know how often will history repeat itself with Bryant like it has in the past couple of years with Nolan Arnato and Trevor Story you know, what do you think on that Mac oh that's a that's a tough one right that's a loaded question i want to believe that the Rockies are trying to do things differently and there's a and again like i know that that's hard to say when we still have the same ownership group that we had who obviously are very very involved with the business practices for better or worse that's i'm not gonna get into how podcast right now you know what i'm saying like there's a lot that can go into that but but i really do think that this is something that we look at and you know this is a step in the right direction patrick lyons um big uh big fan of Patrick Lyons, great buddy of mine over at DMVR Rockies. He mentioned that the GM of the Rockies, Bill Schmidt, has spent $274.85 million this offseason to improve the club he inherited in May of 2020, May of 2021. That's not nothing. You know what I mean? Like that is some money in free agency. Does that immediately solve all your problems? Of course not. Is there a lot of potentially, you know, cultural stuff or attitude that has to change, of course. But 
we have brought in Clint Hurdle back to the front office. We have brought in some solid depth pieces in Iglesias and Alex Colomay. And now the Rockies have brought in, I mean, he's a superstar, right? Chris Bryant, to me personally, is a superstar. And so these moves indicate a team that wants to be taken seriously. Does it fix everything that's happened in the past? Does it heal the hurt we've run into? Of course not, right? There's lots more work to be done. But I'm going to be cautiously optimistic, and I'm going to say that Chris Bryant notices these things. And, you know, of course, we'll see how the season itself goes, but I'm hoping that he can see some of this and say, okay, you know what? This is not the Rockies that we've seen in the past. This is a team that wants to be taken seriously and wants to win, if not now, in the next few years. So, you know, I don't have a good answer on that Rosenthal question, whether or not he will get sick of them quickly. But I do hope that that Chris Ryan can be part of this new generation of Rockies that wants to be taken seriously and hopefully get on the way to getting that trophy. You know, and you hope that the Rockies have learned their lessons and can say, all right, Chris, we're giving you the seven year deal. Here's our plan and where we see you fitting into things, and here's how we want to help build our roster so we're going to win mm. over the course of this contract. You know, I would hope that's something that they talked about in yeah. the negotiations, and it wasn't just, we're just going to give you the biggest offer that you're going to get from anywhere else right now. You know, my hope would be the Rockies right. have talked the talk, and they are have full intentions of walking the walk now and bring back no winning baseball to Colorado, something that really hasn't consistently been done in Denver over 30 years. You know, so they've got their three other major sports teams in Colorado mm. are looking hot right now. The Nuggets and Avalanche, some of the top teams in their respective sports. The Broncos just got a whole lot better with Russell Wilson as their quarterback. So the Rockies, to just stay in the public zeitgeist, mm-hmm. have got to up their game and I think signing Chris Bryant is a good first move into just competing with the other sports for people's attention here in Colorado. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I, I think you can't possibly say anything better than that, man. I think that, you know, shouts to my father who has always said that, like, he really believes that Denver can be a baseball town. And, and they kind of are, right? Look at the attendance numbers. Even with a not great team, Denver's always been a solid baseball town. Let's reward these fans, man. Let's let's start making some moves like this. Let's keep building on the foundation that the Rockies have currently of these great young players. Let's get Chris Bryant in there. Let's do something, man. Maybe not this year, right? But let's do something in these next few years to really reward the fans for all of their loyalty to this point. Yeah, so it's going to be an exciting seven years or so, uh, but it's going to be exciting to see Chris Bryant donning the purple pinstripes, hitting dingers at Coors Field. Uh, it, I think it's going to be a, a better season than we think it will, uh, just like every other season with the Rockies. But yeah. you know, I, I think it's going to be an interesting season, and I'm excited to see what he does uh, in Colorado. So, no man, I'm right there with you. That's it. Like, let's get to it, man. Let's get this opening day done with. Let's see uh, Chris Bryan and the rest of these boys get on the field, man. I think uh, I think that might surprise you a little bit. That'll do it here for our quick little emergency episode. Uh, Still lots, plenty of news. Stay tuned to purplerow.com or follow us at at purplerow to get all the latest news and dealings with the Rockies uh, as we get them out to you as quickly as we can. And also stay tuned next time, or next week, 
We're going to have an awesome episode. It's going to be a big crossover extravaganza with the guys from the Pebble Report podcast, Justin Wick and Kenneth Weber. And it's going to be the five of us talking spring training and everything under the sun. So it should be a good time. So you can look forward to that coming soon here on the Affected by Altitude and Purple Row podcast network, so to speak. But again, thank you so much for joining us. Exciting times in Colorado. (laughs) Uh, Mac, thank you so much for joining me. Totally, man. I appreciate you throwing this together. Uh, And yeah, man, we out here. Let's do it. (laughs) So that'll do it here again. I'm Skylar Timmons. That's Mac Wilcox. We'll see you next time. Nice.